Hey, this is the uh, Van Dyke Stories podcast. Well, it used to be the Van Dyke Stories podcast. Now it's called Homeless Trunk in Miami. And uh, new thing, new things happened, and uh, some religion was involved because these two girls who were like, I was at Starbucks because it's Sunday, and Sunday the library's closed, and I had already taken my nap at the park. Because during the day, you kind of take a nap because it's hard to sleep. Because just trying to spot or whatever. Yeah, all kinds of explanations for all that type of things. But the weather's been good. So, yeah, really, that's really good weather. So, anytime you just hang out at a park and just go to sleep and, and cook and cook out at, at eggs, at eggs I found in a dumpster. And because uh, I, I, I'm back in my regular neighborhood now, kind of, and, uh, and um, I had 12 eggs and, and I had pep, pe- peppers from the dumpster and tomatoes from the dumpster. Dump- These are not dumpster food. This is good food they throw away stupidly. Stupidly, they should be donating it. Donating it. They shouldn't be throwing it, but, but they do. They they, they do, I know they also donate uh, this, this grocery store that, that, I'm, this is, that I'm talking about locally. They do, but they don't, they don't give away everything. Cause I, yeah, it's, I don't know, there's, there's legal reasons, for, I don't know whatever the reasons are, but those are the type of things that occasionally I can get an onion, but I didn't get an onion, so I, I did with my food stamps, bought an onion and fried up some Sunday Sunday uh, food see I'm in hindsight I don't want to live in the past but I also have things that just happened and, and it's normal and I like to communicate uh, that's why I have a podcast obviously I've had 600 episodes all of them are lost like I said I lost my computer I already told those stories computer got stolen and lost my backpack and this and that. I don't dwell on those things, but I retold those stories. I kind of retold some stories of my past to these two girls who were, I, I was at Starbucks, and it was really cool because there's two beautiful young women, and you know, I, I don't know, they, they're just talking, and they just seem happy talking, but I was in my... I wasn't in my own world because I'm so behaviorally or organized in my brain that I see and observe everything, but I didn't overhear their conversation. I wasn't even trying, wasn't thinking about it, but I just noticed they were talking for a very, very, very long time for like hours because I was there for hours and hours at Starbucks and we just happened to be sitting kind of close to each other. Or I'm sitting in the corner, and they're kind of at the table next, kind of next to that. And two nice-looking women, and I find out later that one's like from Africa, or was was doing a mission in Africa, or in Africa recently in Ivory Coast and, and neighboring Tongo and, and stuff. And, and it's like it's like being a social studies teacher formally, too. 
I know the geography, and I was like, oh, yeah, French, yeah, English, yeah. And, and, and she, she's good-looking. She's, to me, just physically looking, I don't know, like I said, I don't know, physically looking half uh, Asian, maybe, but very, very, very much growing up in America, because we had a conversation. And the other girl was, uh, I found out later, maybe just privately, that, like, but it's anonymous. I'm not, I don't even, I'm not naming names. I don't know their last names or anything. But we exchanged email addresses. I exchanged email address with, uh, um, she said she might read my book. Um, because I told these stories, because I, I haven't really had a long conversation with a human being since my, since my, uh, uh, well, well, the last long conversation I had was with an adult was, with, with my, with my counselor Bob, and, and, and if you, anybody who's ever listened to my podcast, Already knows about Council Bob a little bit, uh, I guess. So you have to listen to my recording to my podcast, but it's on three different networks. This is Launchpad is is like the third network because it's all. If you want to just do free, it's okay. So okay, but I I enjoyed that conversation, and okay, so he approached me because they. Observe me, like I said, I'm li- I'm basically watching YouTube, Star Trek. I was watched Nimbuses, you know, kind of going back to it because I have it I have it on my phone already, like downloaded before, and I'm charging my phone, and I found this, I found a a charging pack just laying there right by the library, and I just grabbed it and I go, what gee whiz, this a charging pack with a cord on it and I mean, somebody just lost it. It's probably a homeless person who lost their charging back. And I feel slightly, what am I going to do? I'm going to just sit there and wait. I mean, I I find things occasionally. You do, people do lose things and occasionally people find things. And it's not like you're hanging out. Like there's not a lost and found. You know, if it's in between the fire station and the library outdoors, and it's if it rains in about 10 minutes, which that day was, when it got destroyed anyway, so I... Okay, so... Oh, I gave them by these two girls. I After this long conversation, which they listened to me, I gave them my Fandango. Fandang... Shit, I can't say it. Fandango, because when I donated blood at the mall up in Doral, it's like, shit, fuck, they, I still, I don't have an extra dollar seventy-five, seventy-nine. I looked it up, and with tax, and then you, that's an extra, whatever, 12 times 7%. I can't even, I got free two free passes to the to the to the movies each worth 1250 it says right on it but i but the thing is to go to the movies it costs like 1550 so 
with those Fandango passes, and it's like, I can't buy, I'm not going to spend any cash that I ever get on a $15 Fandango card. I did that a year ago. I did do that, you know, when I had a little more money, but uh, it was, it was just, so I thought it was enthusiastic. If I would have stayed up in Doral, they have, Ter they have terrible Tuesdays. They're not terrible Tuesdays, but if I would have been up there, but that's that's like so many miles away. That's so many miles away. Terrible Tuesdays at that mall. It's it's. I could have used them those tickets, but I gave the tickets to these nice young women who prayed for me, and and one of them gave me two dollars, and the other slipped me a twenty. I don't know if she was. She wasn't trying to hide it, I don't think, but she, let me, uh, I mentioned Andrew Jackson, I said my, my goal is to get some bug spray, and then, then my next goal was to do my laundry, and, uh, and she had bug spray in her car, she gave me bug spray and a couple other little things, uh, like, uh, like, like I said, but I, I told stories, and I talked to them, kind of as a mentor teacher more than a homeless person you know the, but but the thing is the first thing out of my mouth I said I was homeless I'm homeless and they that's probably what they noticed maybe because they were having a conversation for like two hours I noticed you know you notice of course I'm 54 years old there's two 20 looking girls in their 20s who were having this very positive conversation. I noticed the smile of the one. She's just constantly smiling. Well, she's got Jesus in her heart, apparently. And both do. The other one was kind of, uh, like I said, just kind of, just kind of from behind the head at first. But then I got to face to face with her, and she's, she's, she's a former addict. She, she said. Or, or alcoholic, or she says, I've been sober for a year, and here's a meeting place, and there's a meeting here, and I said, what day of the week? And she says, every day. And she gave me the name of a church, and I wrote it, she wrote it down, and and, and I, once I mentioned my book that I'm writing, that I'm, that's really good, she, very well, she offered to read my book, which, like I said, I would like to somebody read my book because I want to have a connection. Because my book is the, this is what one of the stupid things I said, but it wasn't stupid. My favorite TV shows of all time: Mad Men, Lost, Breaking Bad, my book. I forgot to mention The Sopranos. <laughs> and we talked about TV and Star Star Wars. You know, stuff like that, you know. They're both very nice, young, good-looking women. and But they, they wanted to pray for me. Cause it, and it's good. It's it's a good mission for them. And, I, and I, I told them about my kids are being Christian, and I'm happy for that. And I, I like that about that. It's a good philosophy of life. And to believe in Jesus is because... What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? You know? If there's a homeless guy with a sign, and Jesus walked, 
driving by in his Corvette, what would he fucking do? Well, first of all, Jesus wouldn't be driving around in a Corvette, you know what I mean? You know, you don't know how many rich people just drive by homeless people. But the thing is, what would Jesus do? You know, the homeless guy is just desperate and crazy and insane and which some, some some of us are. I mean, it's not just giving a guy a dollar. And I used to be, I used to be so selfish. I was so selfish. But the thing is, also, I was probably get worried about. I was so much worried about when I was married, and even before I was married, it's like, oh God, I'm twelve thousand dollars in debt. Oh Jesus Christ. And I, oh, I bought a new car, and I got to pay off that. How can I ever afford a house? And then when you get a house, like I did, I owned a school building, and it's like it was, it was, it was like, how, you know, how can we afford, you know, how can we afford this? Like when I was married, it's like all these, these, just, these things that you're, you think about, and you say, well, I'm bad. It's like I, I remember the first time I see people kind of. Well, homeless people kind of at the Walmart, and they would say, and it's, it's a stereotype, maybe at least where I'm from in Nebraska, that it just says the signs, the, the cardboard signs would say, uh, we'll work for food. And they, they and then, as the home kind of when I before it was just kind of off and on homeless, it's like, Worked myself out of homelessness three times into jobs and into places. There's a lot of it was bad luck and all kind of weird stuff. And but I learned so much. But they're they're manipulating. They're, uh, and I actually went to treatment with a guy who said, "Well, I could stand there at the corner and get sixty dollars a day, and right at the right by the Walmart." Uh, But that type of sign, and then the McDonald's, and then McDonald's was second, and now it's all over the place. It's all over the place. And then when I, when I went downtown, when I went downtown here in Miami, went to the library, and they fucking just by me asking them for well, you, you check out computers just like the other library, right? And they check my ID and they say, well, this is your your address is a homeless shelter. You can't check out computers, but the other library lets me check out computers. Well, they're wrong. So now I can't even check out a computer at the library. Well, but I, I, I can use the regular library. I can use the regular computer at the library because I have a library card. And my, my, I actually got a little upset and I, not extremely, but I go, well, apparently the, <laughs> the police and The state of Florida believes that I'm a resident of this county, but the library doesn't. And the library, after I said that about eight times in a row, because of her stupid responses, librarian, okay, now I said I, I'm not trying to put down librarians, but I got a fucking master's degree and, and I'm fucking smart. And I'm a social scientist who could have been a lawyer. Easily. 
She said, well, okay, you can have the computer today. And she checked me out the computer, and I, I said, fuck you. I'm checking it back in. I don't want your fucking computer. I'll just use the other regular computers. Well, guess what? All the regular computers at the main library are all used by homeless people. You know how many tables there are at the public library downtown? I don't know, there's like 600 tables at the light. Oh, can I, oh, I'm a little too much. My guess, 250 tables at the library in Miami, downtown. It's city center, they call it, or something. For the train station stop. What, what is this it again? 250. 200 of those tables are filled with homeless people. All the computers are filled with homeless people. You go around that park, around that area, homeless people. Everywhere. You go under the bridge. I was under that bridge. I was under the bridge. I was under the bridges. That's around the city center. Well, there's not Tent City, L.A., but it's fucking homeless people all over the place. It drives me crazy. And I'm at the local Starbucks, which is in the suburbs, because the suburbs are better. Because I'm here really because of the food stamps. If I didn't have the food stamps, but I'm over 50, so I can get food stamps. Apparently, all the time. And there's there's this guy and this girl who they say they're brother or sister. They look like they're seventy, and they they hold up signs. And this other homeless guy is kind of schizophrenic, and just just because I observed him a couple times, younger guy, but he doesn't have he doesn't have food stamps or anything. He he, he basically. Pulls carts at the Aldi. Well, I get money quarters from the Aldi store by pulling, pushing carts in once in a while. But he was pulling six carts in just to get one quarter last night. He was pulling six carts. I didn't want even that quarter. I saw that quarter and I go, "How can I get that quarter? I can't figure it out. I can't. I can't. I, there's no empty cart. I can't get this quarter." He pulled it in as I was leaving last night, and I'm telling too many stories. Telling too many stories. What's the story? Oh, okay. The first, I need a drink of water or something because I'm, I'm thirsty. I got water. I always, I always have a, way too much water, but it's it's just. Extra weight, in a way, but I almost always have extra water. Okay, but the story of the two pretty girls, like I said, I had it first, like, what, what? Every once, once a year I have a great conversation. But I, I, I admit to dominating the conversation. I tried to ask them questions about 
you know, them and their lives because you don't want to be just the center of attention. But I do have a lot to say, and I want to say it, and I'll say it. And, and they and they invited me to their church, and it's an online church apparently because of the virus or whatever. And they, the other lady gave me, a, like I said, a, an address where there's a meetings and stuff that every day or something, and. I might look that up. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not against going places and doing things. It's, a lot of it has to do with having two dollars fifty cents to get on the bus, and then to get back. If you know, if that, that's that is an issue. So, because I rather get some. Well, they they actually did give me some bug spray and nice. Okay, so Okay, so a lot Kind of the, what I wanted to tell is like after my book the third season I wrote it down once cuz it was it happened almost in a dream and the one year I was in jail they I wrote it out physically, but when I went to the treatment the first time, it was a stupid treatment, and I left, and they threw my, away my stuff almost, just like, immediately, and I never got it back. <laughs> but I spent the third season of uh, my TV show, The Four Loves, the third season, it starts... Well, the end of the second season is the cliffhanger because just Paul's in jail. Okay, nobody knows why. And this is based on kind of reality. Kind of, so nobody knows why because it's totally ridiculous that Paul's in jail in Kansas. That's just where the story takes place. He's a Wichita, you know, he's a Wichita state prison or something. I don't even know if there's a name of it. There's a, how did he fucking get in jail? That's a cliffhanger. And then, okay, so what happened? What happened? But also at the end of the second season, I introduce uh, my former colleague, Jay Nixon, who was one of my greatest, uh, uh, this is from a previous podcast, but I don't think I ever said it on this podcast. And Jay Nixon is the real name. Jay, girl, female. She was about my age, but uh, smallish black woman who who was a shooter. She was a basketball player, and we used. To, and but she was my paraprofessional for my my first two years as a special ed teacher at the treatment center in Council Iowa, which is right next to Omaha, Nebraska, where I lived. And she lived too, and we we became work friends, and then later off work friends, but just kind of briefly. She was living with a girl. I believe she was a lesbian. It doesn't matter. I didn't know. I don't care. But she was a shooter. She was a shooter, man. She could shoot three pointers. She played college basketball for. For, for a university or something. 
became a paraprofessional. Eventually, I learned she made like barely $10 an hour when she deserved well much more. Because as a teacher, I got paid more than her. But I was, it was, but she was my professional for two years. And then the three years after, they moved her to the, the less talented special ed teacher, kind of. And we kind of switched. And it wasn't my idea. It was just what, whatever principal at the time. There was a new principal. And uh, they put the best paraprofessional mine with the worst special ed teacher supposedly upstairs. And she wasn't that bad. I mean, what, I mean we were eventually before it was like four. Eventually, it was the four special ed teachers pretty much ran the school. And I happened to be one of them. The principals kind of came and went, kind of. But Jane X is still up, moved upstairs. But the thing is, we still though were, were the te were we, me and her were the PE teachers. She was a, she was like the pro PE. She was she was she was like a PE type major. I think in college. I guess I I think I. Even though we were friends, I guess we didn't have that huge conversation. But I was technically, I was always a special ed teacher because I was an athlete too. I mean, I'm a, shit, I'm a fucking good basketball player. Fuck, I can jam the ball. I did in high school. And I'm only 6'2", but I, that's still, and I'm skinnier. And Hear those birds? Oh, that's a cool bird. You don't, I don't see a lot of birds. There's a lot fewer birds here. There's actually fewer animals in the wild here <laughs> in, in Florida. That's kind of weird. Fewer bugs, too. That's kind of weird. In Nebraska. I don't know. Maybe it's the soil. Maybe the bugs love Maybe there's more birds, there's more bugs. Okay. Okay, so, I don't know, is this a recording? I don't even know. I think I got a power of my phone. Yeah, I like this. I, I think this sound recorder works uh, for an MP3, okay, which I can upload uh, if I want to. Um, okay, so for five years, the five years I was there at that treatment center school, she was my paraprofessional first two years, but we were pretty much co-teaching PE all five years and we would what we would do is we would do flag football for like three months because that was the only sport that worked in the fall and we would do we'd have to drive we'd get in the 15 passenger van because we would alternate like uh, one group uh, half the kids one you know one day and half the kids the next day we just kind of you know, alternate and it was like, and me and her, we we just hop in the 15 passenger van and grab whatever, whatever was left, 13 kids. And um, I guess the alternative was art or something. Was, the other teachers would do. And it's like, well, we got a bunch of, you know, this is a school of like 40 kids, half boys and half, more than that, more boys. Actually, it's like four fifth boys, occasionally girls. Yeah, there was a girls' group home. Of course, that's a fucking sad story. Oh shit! The girls that would 
just commit suicide. Like I said, I mean, talk about stories you have to tell. I don't want to tell the stories, but I'm just saying these things happen. Okay, so we, we, we became so competitive. Me and her, it's like, if <laughs> she was the outside shooter, I was like Shaq attack Michael Jordan, kind of. I was a combo. That's kind of a weird combo, but I was kind of I was the biggest, tallest, biggest dude in the place playing against 13-year-olds, basically. So it's like, I'm Shaq Stack. You could jam the ball, and uh, but I can't. I can't make a free throw. And we never called fouls. I mean, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> and it was me against her team against my team because we had to pick teams or something. Of course, we'd play knowledge only just five five. We play whatever kids are in the in in their in their group. They're gonna play, so we're playing like seven on seven <laughs> Or something, but shit, I'm I'm in the middle, and guess what? I had because she was just such a good shooter from the outside. Who had to guard her? Me, because nobody else could stop her. Because she was so competitive, she just wanted to win the game. She wanted to, she was a her team, was my team. Who had to? Who had to? Okay, so but nobody could block me. <laughs> I mean, she couldn't even block me because I'd just drive the hoop and and just just do a layup every single freaking time, or jam the ball or something. It's just like, just like she didn't like it when I would dominate the court, but I, you know, I didn't back off too much. I didn't. Okay, I slightly backed off in basketball, basketball, but she was a shooter. Shit, she was just, you know. So I, my team did always win. <laughs> okay, we did play with the kids. Okay, did I forget about that? I forgot. We had like teammates were our students. <laughs> and yes, of course, we wanted them to shoot and play and be nice and learn and, and dribble and... <laughs> Shoot the basketball. Okay, so, okay, okay, I already mentioned fall. Fuck, I didn't even tell you about our flag football stories. Jesus Christ. Okay, what we do? Flag football, we do basketball, and then, oh, occasionally we do a little volleyball in the spring, and then we tried soccer like twice. It was like, oh my God, they just kick each other in the, in the shins and in the legs. They just kick each other, and they're just nuts. They're, Shit, we can't play this game anymore. <laughs> And then what are we? Oh, we went fishing. Oh, oh, spring was fishing. And the, oh my God. Because me and her were fishermen. This is where we're definitely on the same side. Because we would just go, shit, let's go fishing. This is, this is, this is, this is PE class, right? Even though it says an hour, maybe we'll just stay an extra hour. <laughs> And I was trying to teach the kids because because you make it slightly educational. I go because I was a great fisherman. I really, I was a. Uh, uh, if anything, I'm a. I already. I kind of mentioned. I mentioned before. I'm a. If anything, I'm. I'm actually a. Expert, uh, uh, freshwater bass fisherman, largemouth bass fisherman. I'm an expert at it. 
And I had a boat, like I said, I had a boat and a truck and all this stuff at the time. Uh, that was right before I got married, but uh, even after I got married, it's like, and then you lose your boat because you get married because you have to sell it. But, uh, and I was teaching these kids, like, okay, this is how you hook, you know, tie a line. Okay, that's, 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 that's like a, a rainy day thing to do in P class. It's like, okay, let's learn how to tie fishing line or like a thick fishing line and learn knots, you know, stuff like that. And then the next time, and if it's spring, because that was, that was another, okay, besides flag football, we, in the spring, we would do fishing. <laughs> so we go to the local, there was a, kind of these local little, um, inlets from the Missouri River for uh, oxbows I guess you call them former oxbows which had some bass in them because the night before I remember I was killing these fish in this lake and I was catching 12 13 inch bass it was good decent you know just regular size you know, one on one one and a half pound bass and I was thinking this is a good place we should come here tomorrow for to go for for uh, PE class you know and I made sure that every kid had fishing poles and stuff. You know, just we would just tell them to bring their own and or. Because they used to do it in the group home too. Because I worked in a group home. And most of the boys kind of had their fishing poles and stuff. But, you know, we, I'd always make sure that the girls had fishing poles too. And we go the very first time I was teaching them, I said, okay, this is what this is what you do when you're trying to fish with this type of artificial lure called a uh, plastic worm. Okay, so you have to you kind of you hook it this way. My very first cast, right in front of my co-teacher Jay Nixon, who really loved to just throw out her little worm and catch a little baby fish. I knew, you know, crappie or bluegill. That's what we called them. Maybe I think down south they call them calico bass, and it's for crappie. And I don't know what they call bluegills down there. And of course, I'm fishing for largemouth bass, so I said, "I'll oh, just put on this worm." And she was so skeptical. She was so skeptical. It was the very first cast. Right in front of the kids, I just flipped out my worm on my on my nice little my I had hundred I had ten hundred dollar plus poles at the time because I was like I said I was a pretty much professional bass fisherman without getting paid before, just right before I got married or met my girlfriend or ex-wife or whatever flipped out that. Very first cast, fucking four pound bass. Jesus, right caught it right in front of all the kids. It was like, and they're like, their mouths are like dropping on the ground. They're, and that was just pure luck, but I knew what to do. I cast it out just like I normally would. I set the hook like I normally would, and I break it up and I fold it up and I hold it. And I think I got a picture. I don't got a picture of that one, but I got a picture of another one. So I'm not lying. Oh well. I enjoyed 
meeting those two young women, and uh, I might follow up. If, if, if the one emails me who used to be an A, who is an AA, who, I would be more interested in talking with her a little more, because they would probably help me, but I'm not trying to be selfish or anything, because I could help her, because that's what it is, it's service, it's service to others, and it's like, it's an AA to me, and my counselor Bob is cat, former cat, Catholic priest, and, and it's like it's like I I, I kind of believe in the word of service, and I I would have known that except for this. Occasionally, some people just give me money, and I, I don't re, really know why. And, and actually, I went to that Walmart. No, I went to I went to um, the grocery store, but then the grocery store closed early, so I couldn't even go to the grocery store. I went to Walgreens then, and I spent out of my food stamps way too much money just to get one little can of beans you know or food stamp money but still it was too much and but still I bought it and it's like and then this lady just slips me a 20 this black lady comes up to me and says the spirit uh, I saw your pack uh, and I and she knows I was you know I'm not wearing nice clothes and I'm look like a working man but I, maybe I look home more homeless but yeah you know, I, I try to shave I try to you know I I do have a trimmer and so I try to not look so horrible all the time even though I know I'm homeless and I don't try to and she just slipped me a 20 and she goes well the, the Lord told me to give you this $20 bill well, thank you. Well, that was kind of touching because it's because of the other young woman I met gave me a slip me a twenty kind of too. It's like, well, there was one Sunday morning that I I think I told them that, and I think I recorded that. That yeah, I did record it, and you'd have to listen to my podcast to. To really know what happened to me, because I I didn't express everything. To them personally, but I I pretty much told them the basic stuff, and I talked for like an hour or more, and I really I enjoy talking to. Especially good-looking women, <laughs> young women. I do wish I had a uh, friendships down here or something. And, uh, even they, even I mentioned that guy that that plays chess, and that's pretty much all he has. It seems like. The young guy who's homeless, who sleeps probably in this little jungle, too. And, uh, it was mean to be three times in a row, and only the third time. It was only the third time where I was kind of mean back. Because I just know how to react to people, and it's like, there was a time, though, that he needed some 
Don't ever talk to me like that again, please. I didn't say please. I feel I. So when I see him and he wants to play chess with me again, I'm not gonna play chess with him again. Shit. Signing off. Homeless drunk in Miami. Wonder what kind of bird that is. <laughs>